Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of NXT Then, Now, Forever. I'm James Boyd, and I am here with one half of Ricky and Clive from the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. I am with Clive himself. What's going on, my man? Good evening, James. It's, it's an honor to make my NXT Then, Now, Forever debut. Um, hopefully, your listeners can understand what I'm saying, but if you've been listening to Noam Dar for the last couple of years, then you should be okay. <laughs> Yes, I look. Believe it or not, I do listen to the show every so often. It's not that mm-hmm. I just don't listen to everybody else's show. I do check out the show, so I do know what you guys sound like. The, trust me. And plus, we already did a show just a, what, a few months ago. Yeah, the Christmas quiz one. Yes, yes, where me and Rich crushed the other the competition. So yes, <laughs> you had to bring that up. See, to be honest, see if people can understand Neville's promos and these retro shows, then you should be fine with me. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really, you know, I think there's really mostly jokes, and plus I'm not a per- I'm person that like, when people talk about, I can't understand the words you're saying with, when it's someone that doesn't speak a different accent or someone that speaks a, um, natively is a different language and this is their second language, I'm very forgiving on that because Look, I watch plenty of Japanese wrestling, like I'm sure you do. I couldn't begin. <laughs> I couldn't begin <laughs> to even like try to even form a sentence. Like the most I can do is like, uh, "Hi" means yes. Uh, Kanichiwa. <laughs> you know, arigato. Uh, That's all I got. Yeah. I'm out already. Yeah, so I, I couldn't even it. begin. And some of the moves, and that's it. Sorry. Uh, some of the moves as well you probably know, but that's the gist of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, I guess now that we've done that, I guess we can just move on to uh, the retro show, the NXT from five years ago. It's party time! All the time! It's party time! All the time! It's party time! All the time! It's party time! WWE NXT 220 from May 8th, 2014. Whew, boy. Uh, okay, let me get my notes. Let's do this one. This is, boy. Man, NXT is definitely um, on a different level. Yes, we start out with yeah. Emma versus Charlotte. This is the f- second half of the first round for the Women's Championship Tournament. Um, Charlotte gets early control and puts Emma in a figure four leg lock. I'm sorry, a figure four headlock, and it takes up most of the match. Apparently, at this point in her career, Charlotte is still in the WWE Hill Training Wheels program. Emma starts <laughs> a fight. Yeah, Emma ends up 
fighting and starts a comeback and then gets Charlotte into the corner. Emma reaches into her wrestling boot because she's been messing around with Santino on the main roster. She reaches in and she pulls out a pink cobra. And she sets it up just like Santino. She chops mm-hmm. the she chops the wrist. She chops the the uh, elbow, and she cocks the arm back. So she sets up to do it. Climb up, or sorry, uh, Sasha climbs up on the apron, and then um, right next to Charlotte, Emma tries to do a tornado cobra strike, and Charlotte ducks out the way. Emma ends up hitting Sasha, laying her out. So Charlotte schoolboys Emma, and then bridges over Emma's legs and traps her for the pick and picks up the win. So, Charlotte now advances to the second round where she'll take on the eventual winner of Alexa Bliss versus Alicia Fox. Thoughts, Clive? (laughs) Well, I started watching NXT shortly after um, Sami Zayn won the title, so all this is new to me. Yes. Uh, It was quite interesting hearing the the old theme music at the start as well, but... It's jarring, isn't it? I know, it's strange. This was the first time that I'd properly seen Emma's dancing gimmick as well. (laughs) <laughs> and it was oh, I mean this is not nice, but it's it's as if she's on some sort of special care program or something. Oh my it was, god! <laughs> this is <laughs> it, it was like what are you doing, Hen? It was just bizarre. It's a far cry from what she became later on, definitely. Uh, and it was quite weird seeing Charlotte and Sasha as the BFS, considering what has become for them both five years later. That's. Um, quite the image it was. Yeah, I. How do I say this? Yes, the the hook for Emma on NXT was that she was uh, she was like a struggler, and when she used to do the struggles skim, the cat deal, the crowd would you know, oh, she did it, yeah. But then she gets on the main roster. People don't know her, and she's not endearing to the crowd, at least not yet, or well, really never was, because they never gave her any credibility. Like, it's just cringe. Like, one man's endearing is another man's cringe. And that's just like, you watch it back, and you're like, you realize why she didn't get over. Like, mm-hmm. that's what they went with, and they never built her up to be lovable. They were like, just love her because she's goofy, and she's, uh, 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 Pratt falling and it's like nah you kind of have to earn that on the front end uh-huh. yeah and then she Charlotte mm. Charlotte was good I really she did a few things that she doesn't seem to do anymore see that figure four headlock yes thank god uh, are you not a fan of that I mean her matches are better now and there's not just a spot where she's just sitting there sucking the life out of a match now like she's done it effectively like you'll see through the I mean, you remember through the NXT run, mm-hmm. like that was an effective mode of offense. But now where she is now, the main roster, like thank God, she, look less chin, less he- rest holes, the better. I guess this is the way I'm I'm thinking of it. Uh huh. I think with that figure four headlock, she sort of transitioned into a, a sort of three amigos over the over the top slam to them as well. So it had that addition to it, and it made it a bit more appealing. But I, I, I see where you're coming from. You're right. I do remember the situation when they used to do the the three amigos deal. Yeah, um, and it would and it wouldn't just be a situation. She she expedited the process by doing that as opposed to just sitting in there on the middle of the mat. <laughs> so so yeah, she definitely adopted it. But you know, it, it feels like over like the last maybe two years, she just completely junked the whole thing. 
Yeah, it's gone completely from my arsenal, I think. Yeah. And I like Charlotte's evolution as a wrestler. Like, she is a... Her matches, actually, they don't feel choreographed. Um, at moments when they count, like, they feel physical. And she's, you know, she's the damn Amazon. She's, like, literally imposing her will on, on the women. Like, yeah, when she uh-huh. busted Rousey's mouth and Survivor Series, is like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't yeah. on purpose, but, like, the fact that... I think I said this before. It was, like, Charlotte has gotten to a point now to where she wrestles these women and she's almost like she's not afraid to break them anymore. So she's, she's like, whatever, uh-huh. I bust your mouth, whatever, it's wrestling. It's, it's a competitive business, like, <laughs> it happens. Just on my <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, next <laughs> match, we get... Oh, my co- God. We get the Legionnaires. Uh, ver- and it's Sylvester LaFord and I believe her his uh, partner name is uh, Marcus Louis. Uh-huh. Marcus Louis, I'm sorry. And they walk out and LaForce holding a French flag and and if you don't get that yet, don't worry because they also have the word France written on the back of their trunks and covers their entire asses. <laughs> Just in case you don't get the gimmick. Like we'll make it real simple. So you don't, oh, so your so dumbass forced. will understand. <laughs> it was so, uh, so forced and, and Renee Young was practicing a French accent throughout that match and it was, oh, bad, bad, bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, Renee is... Renee is somehow... Like, she was better back then than now, but she was still, like, having her, you know, like, like, forgetting, like, what side of the spectrum she's on as far as a heel-face dynamic at times, Uh but, like, it's even worse now. Like, there... Somebody pointed out... uh, on Raw, that when Sami Zayn came out um, on Monday, when he goes out and gets the trash can deal, that yeah. he, um, yeah, that she was like, yeah, you know, the voice, the critics, the critic of the critics, yeah, let's let's hear it. And then by the time he got to the promo where the crowd has had it and they're about to use Braun Strowman as a Sandman to you know snatch his ass off the stage. Like she goes, get him, get him out of here. He, what is he talking about? It's like you mean to tell me in like a ninety second time frame, you've gone from you're with him to get him out of here. It's like, I, can can we just like just just for can we just at least go segment to segment before you switch between like dynamics? <laughs> like damn. So, so so anyway, back to lecture at hand. Um, we end up getting Kalisto with. El Locale. Now, um, Clive, were you able to discern who El Locale was? I did have to Google it. Oh, I didn't. I knew exactly who it was the second he that came is, out. Is. Yes. It is the greatest personal ring announcer in the history of professional wrestling, yeah. Ricardo Rodriguez, in a in a bodysuit and a mask, trying to pretend to not be the greatest personal <laughs> ring announcer of all time oh. in professional wrestling himself, Ricardo Rodriguez. And I guess, I don't know if people just didn't realize it or if they just let it slide, but because you know how the NXT crowd, the full sale crowd is, they'll just savage you. So uh, we'll get into the match. I guess we'll do that. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, they get they get the early heat on L O Cal and then with some quick tags and isolating him in the heel corner they beat the hell out of him get the heat 
Um, the local, I'm sorry, L locale. Because <laughs> I, I, I have local written in my thing instead of L, so I'm thinking like, oh, it's local. Anyway, L locale hits uh, uh, a head kick uh, from his back and attacks tags Kalisto. Kalisto runs wild on a hot tag with a springboard crossbody, a middle rope springboard corkscrew, and a Selena Del Sol for a cover. Uh, Marcus Louis ends up breaking up the pin. L Ocal gets uh, Louis out of the ring and then hits a slingshot corkscrew onto Louis down on the floor, which is like, wow, um, that dude wasn't no geek. He could actually really wrestle. So, Kalisto um, <laughs> then um, then t- uh, hits it. Ends up. Oh my god! I, like, my notes are just some just, just shambles. Damn voice attacks. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Okay, so yeah, here we go. Uh, Kalisto ends up uh, turning a back body drop into a schoolboy, and then gives Lafort a head kick, and then he ends up hitting a what can only be described as a back handspring rope rebound head kick for the win. Uh, that was uh, bizarre. <laughs> yes, it was like the Cedric Alexander move in variations of different stuff, like the Greg's uh, Sasuke is done or whatever else. But mm-hmm. I didn't never knew an, an actual name for the damn thing. So, backstage, we get Adam Rose hyping up one of his rosebuds for a match against Camacho. <laughs> so, this fucking gimmick. <laughs> see, see that? What stood out from that segment was uh-huh. that I saw Becky Lynch, Braun Strowman, even Tucker Knight was in there. Yes. They're all do- doing well for themselves on the main roster. And yes. Adam Rose, who was the front runner of that, sort of <laughs> whatever it was, he's a ghost now. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yes. Like, yes, we had fuck all night Tucker Knight out there. Yes. Um, <laughs> also, we also had uh, JoJo in the mask too, as well. I don't know if you caught that one, but I noticed I it. No, I, no. Yes. I, 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 I. Never mind. I'm not going to tell him myself. I'm done. I'm just going to move on from there. Uh, so then we get Captain Comic versus Camacho. This is a quick squash match. He beats the hell out of him with like the worst shotgun drop kick I've ever seen, like in this other developmental levels of striking. <laughs> um, after the match, Camacho get, goes in for to attack Captain Comic again, but Adam Rolls makes a save, and then Camacho bails out. Um, we then get a backstage promo from Alicia, quick backstage promo from Alicia Fox and Alexa Bliss, and Alicia Fox says that she can see the future, and Alexa Bliss says that when she's around, life is bliss. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> well, look, I actually have positive things to say about an Alexa Bliss match on this show. So, believe it or not, uh, it's, same here. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like, wow, she may have gotten worse. Who knows? Um. Anyway, so we Alicia Fox comes out and she's basically doing a, a very tame entrance by her standards. None of the captains had shenanigans. Uh, it's just uh-huh. the, twirling the jacket. Then out comes Alexa Bliss in a cheerleader uniform with a tutu around her waist with two handfuls of glitter that she blows out of her hands. Renee on commentary says that she looks like a fairy. She's Tinkerbell. She's adorable. Jesus. Um, to quote Dwayne Carter Jr., she used to be the sweetest girl. Like, what happened? What the hell happened here? Like, she was a plucky, or not plucky, she was a, you know, adorable baby face, but apparently, well, you know, actually I actually know what happened. There's no room for adorable in, in Vince McMahon's wrestling circus, so yeah. cut that shit out, get, you know, we'll make you a heel, and, you know, you're just a, a, 
a damn munchkin that beats up bigger women. Okay, cool. <laughs> so anyway, they lock up. Alicia hits a back, a big back elbow that looks like we may have just saw Alexa Bliss's first concussion. Uh, it's, it, it's like, yo, this is crazy. She just got rocked. So Alexa answers back with some offense centered around some of her terminally background. She does the, you know, what she what was now a signature move where she does the uh, the the backhand sp- stand into the double knees on the floor. Yeah, that's right. Um, Alexa, I'm sorry, Alexa. Alicia cuts her off with a total world backbreaker, a big one, and then Alicia. Uh, ends up hitting her with or slaps on a headlock then ends up hitting her with a, a, a perfect a, a perfect looking uh, fisherman suplex Alicia takes her back to the ground with a side headlock takeover um Alexa fights to fights to her feet frees herself um but you can also see that her mouth's been busted so she fires back with some forearms but Alicia still has wrist control and she goes for another tilt world backbreaker but Alexa counters it mid-air into a tilt world uh lucha small package for the win that's one of the best finishes I've seen to a match. I couldn't be- like I couldn't even <laughs> describe what I saw. She turned a tilt world into a like a small package. I thought, how the hell did you just do that? Yeah, and another thing about like the the about the Alexa Bliss thing is like this was a definitive finish that you knew was the finish or you believe could be the finish and that she won as opposed to she has the DDT and then uh, you're like okay one two three wait what. So, or one, or, oh, she hits a forearm shot. One, two, three. Wait, what? So, yeah, that like, yes. Like, she was probably a better wrestler in the year 2014 with, like, a dozen matches on her belt than she is now when she's traveling, or, mm-hmm. or you know, the last two years when she's been traveling the world, wrestling, like, every damn week. Go figure. She, <sighs> had, a, she had a gymnastics background, is that right? Yes, she was a former competitive cheerleader. Yeah. I mean, surely you would want to tap into that for, like, throughout the years instead of turning her heel and making her just not do these athletic moves as much. I know she does the, is it Sparkle Bliss, the top? I can't remember the name of the move. I know you're talking about, like, the, it's almost like a, it's almost like a Fosbury flop except off the top rope. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Stuff like that. But... If she's got that gymnastics background, why would you want to use it? Why wouldn't you want to use it? Sorry. I think the thing is, there's no room for adorable as a, in WWE. It's like no, like that's that's nobody. You know, they don't really do white meat baby faces, and I mean, they really not good at baby faces at all. But especially those types, unless it just falls into their lap, like Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the thing for me is. She has she has said online before that I don't do I don't wrestle in a certain way because I'm a heel and I used to be like okay sure great fantastic cool yeah sure right like I'm watching it I'm watching Andrade go out here tear the fucking house down with and and lose left and right you know every single week every other week but he's a heel I don't want to hear that then you see this match and you're like. Yeah, she does have more to to bring to the table. Like that's not just lip service. How much she has left to bring, I don't know. But like she could I'm not saying she's going to be Casey Cat or she could be Casey Catanzaro. No, hell no. But like she could have done she could have or could or still can. She has the potential to do more and improve her matches with this, but who knows if, you know, 
with all the concussions, it's like, nah, I'm I'm gonna preserve my body and keep try to keep this thing in the road. Like, you know, it's kind of like the kind of sacrifice Seth has made in his career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Next after that, we end up getting. Uh, oh yeah. So now that she's won, she will face Charlotte Flair in the second round of the NXT Women's uh, Championship Tournament, where she will catch that L. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, so then we go backstage for a Neville promo. He puts over the Battle Royal to determine the number one contender for the for his NXT title by saying that anything can happen in in a Battle Royal. Look at look at Cesaro, and then um, we move on from there. We get I don't know. It's probably like twenty people. It's just just shout out the names you saw. Like it's Neville. It's Be- I'm sorry, not Neville. It's Baron Corbin. It's Sami Zayn. It's Tyson Kidd. It's Bo Dallas. It's Mojo Riley. Um, Xavier Woods post yep. uh, pre New Day. Yep, Xavier when he was a total jobber on NXT from what I've seen. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Uh, Brodus Clay was out there. Sorry, Yoshitatsu as well. Yes, yes. The crowd. See now, when the match started, the crowd chanted for Yoshi Yoshitatsu to win, and like Constantly. stuff like this, and stuff like this is the reason why, like. Like Vince McMahon hates us as fans. Like, it's like, like you jackasses, Yoshi fucking Tatsu. If I actually made Yoshi Tatsu win this match, you you would reject the thing in like in in a matter of weeks. It would be killed dead. So I was like, uh, okay, see, there is some validity to not listening to the fans all the time. Most of the time, you shouldn't listen to the fans. All the time, no. Like you should listen to the fans when it's not a bad idea. So uh-huh. it's, 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 one it's, of, it's hard to weigh up. It is, it's, there's a lot of variables that they need to take into account. But when you've got something staring you in your face, like Yoshitatsu chance, basically throughout that whole battle royal, then yes. why would you ignore that? Are you serious? <laughs> 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 well, I'll, I'll say this: they made use of it with good heat. So I'm not going to go through this match. It was really nothing but a match. Like Yoshi Tatsu got thrown out by Bo Dallas, correct? Probably. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. It was a. Just I just a remember a run where. Million. Okay, I just remember a run where Bo Dallas um, throws out at the end. He throws out three people. He throws out, um, I believe Yoshi. Um. And he threw out other people like, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on who it was he threw out. But he threw out people that actually mattered to NXT. Mm-hmm. And then Tyson Kidd throws him out. The crowd pops huge because they got this asshole that they've won out of NXT like, for weeks and months out of here. No more title shots for you. You're gone. Vamoose. So, <laughs> say again? Leave our full sale, basically. Yes, yes. So then we end up getting the final three, and it's Tyler Breeze, it's Sami Zayn, and it's Tyson Kidd. Um, Sammy, Sammy's the one that threw out uh, Bo Dallas, so he's out on the floor. So you have no, I'm sorry, Tyson did. Um, mm-hmm. So Sammy in is laid out for some reason. Tyson and Breeze are fighting back and forth. They end up getting. Tyler Breeze ends up on the um, apron. Sammy ends up on the apron. Uh, Breeze ends up 
trying to charge at both of them after making both of them kind of hold on the top rope with their feet hanging over, like they're almost in like skim the cat position. Uh-huh. Um, they get back on the apron, and by that point in time, after Breeze ends up running into the or running to try to knock both of them off, they, he ends up taking a tumble, and all three, all six feet touch at the same time. So there's confusion. They don't know how who to pick. To, so who's goes next? They start arguing amongst each other. So then they, the crowd starts chanting for JBL, then NXT Commissioner, <laughs> which is still funny. And then and then Triple H comes out and he says, "The crowd." By that point in time, the crowd is chanting Triple Threat, and it's so funny because the crowd wants a Triple Threat. So Triple H comes out. He says, "Seems to be some confusion." Um, you got, you know, we we give the fans what they want, or, or uh, I don't think he said the fans are, are the authority, but I think he said something that alludes to like the fans are the authority. So we give you what you want. Next week on NXT Triple Threat match, winner takes on Neville for the NXT title at um, NXT Takeover, and I was like, huh, it's, it's, <laughs> they've done this before. Like they basically pulled out the Triple H playbook of. I'm the authority figure. I listen to the fans and give them what they want. Except right. in NXT, they actually do. They don't just say they're going to give you what you want and then can, can, can just continue doing what the fuck they, whatever they plan on doing any damn way. Yeah. So, yes. So, maybe we need to get the Vince the fuck up out of here and, make, and just put Triple H in there and say, yeah, look, you run this and we'll run with you to the until, you know, it's time to get rid of you. Yeah. So, yeah. thus... Vince can deal with XFL. Sorry? Uh, Vince can deal with XFL and leave <laughs> Triple H in charge. <laughs> See, the, the thing I liked about that finish was it really was expertly done because I have no clue whose feet touched the floor first. It was it was all in sync. Yeah. Like, I think literally all six feet did touch the floor at the same time. Yeah. And it's funny because that's hard to do with anybody regardless of talent level at all because if you go back to 2017 when it was Luke Harper versus um, AJ Styles at the end of that battle royal, AJ's feet clearly touched first, but they didn't show the camera angle because they knew they fucked up and they oh, needed another week. Right. right. So then they end up having that match between AJ and, and Luke Harper. So, like, when you have people that talented fucking up, you know it's difficult and they managed to make it work and it makes you like, wow, like, Bret Hart really was able to get his feet on the floor at the same damn time as Lex Luger. We should give that man a trophy. More, tr- you know, another, like a lifetime achievement trophy. Like, oh yeah, remember when you did this awesome thing with this person as like, only was on K, but like now, we have people to this day still fucking this up. Like, you were doing this in 94. Like, yeah, you were great, Brett. <laughs> you were just, you're just awesome. You're just awesome. <laughs> so, um, general thoughts on the show? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I started watching back in 2014-2015, I was, I was sort of hypnotised by how good it was, but I forgot how much garbage was in the middle. And you've got this Captain Comic guy, the Legionnaires. <laughs> it was tough viewing. And I, I get why, I get that it was the early days of NXT, but Jesus, that was some dreadful stuff. <laughs> Like, I think the best thing you can say about these NXT shows as I've been going through them, because some, most of them are, you might get, like, 
a match that's above two stars, and then you'll get a kick-ass main event with Neville or Sami Zayn in it. Uh-huh. But if you don't, like, they'll give you matches, but at least, like, the matches are so short that they don't have a chance to suck the life out of you yet. So, like, <laughs> at least they know, like, dude, this can't go long. Like, this can't go longer than eight minutes. We gotta just get this over with. As opposed to, yeah, let's uh, let's do Baron Corbin and have him go through two commercial breaks. So, so yeah, that definitely helps. Like, thank God for the one hour. Like, if they, you know, tried to do two hours of NXT back then, no one, no one, no, they never would have ever done it. Got to a Brooklyn, no one, it would never, it, it never would have drew. It would have been like, no, we're done. No, thank you. So many geeks, it's hard to keep count of them. <laughs> okay, so, um. Yeah, so now we're just going to move on to this week's NXT. I'm, yeah, I'm incredibly frustrated. I get that. I've been losing big matches, and every time he's involved. I won that five-way by myself. Didn't need any help. Roddy tries to get involved, and there's a big, big misunderstanding. Again. NXT 505 from May 8th, 2019. We get... Bianca Belair versus Mia Yim and a, ma- a match has been hyped up since eh, last week when they, you know, end up uh, interrupting Robbie Brookside's uh, class at the Performance Center. So the match is up starting with uh, Belair working as a heel, working over um, Mia. Uh, and we get a splash. Uh, they end up getting a two count. Um, Bianca then continued to target the back, lean to another near fall. Uh, Bianca began to talk trash because apparently she's a heel again after being a baby face for like two months. Um, Mia ends up uh, coming back and rallying um, and she's getting a hope spot and then she ends up getting uh, caught in a guillotine choke but uh, Bianca, after you know looking to be done, ends up countering into a suplex. Um... We end up getting some. We end up getting a mean streak from Bel Air, where she just is ruthless. Um, Mia ends up uh, blocking um, a splash that comes from Bel Air uh, by getting up the knees. Bel Air uh, then um, ends up feeding for a comeback for Mia. Um, we end up getting a suplex from Mia. Um, then we end up getting a Otto Vods. Um, trying to think other fat guys. Oh, Rusev. Uh, Kevin Owens <laughs> cannonball in the corner in the bottom, against the bottom rope, the bottom turnbuckle. Uh, Mia then um, applied a tarantula in the ropes, but uh, clearly had to let go at the five count. And then she goes for a sunset flip, but Bianca grabbed the ropes, and then a ref uh, told her to let go of the ropes because that's cheating. So then they end up getting to that same exact spot again, where but instead this time Bianca used her hair and wraps it around. Around yep. the middle rope and holds onto the her, the end of her hair, and the ref counts to pin because apparently, like when someone cheats the first time, <laughs> the uh, second time uh, you don't look. So <laughs> I know, it's, or it's just a case of you're allowed to use your hair. It's not shaped like hands, so you're okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, I guess it's like. I mean, it was a clever, a clever idea, but. Yes. There's the rest continuity there. Yes, yes. I think I think it works out better if you don't draw attention to it by by saying, Hey, you can't do that and then like uh-huh. or if the ma- they weren't if they weren't just back to back 
it would be more believable as opposed to this. Like you can't do that. It's like, imagine if you're speeding and then the police like pull you over. And then like after they write you a ticket or whatever, like you go and pull off and you go over the speed limit again, right in front of them. It's like, they're not just going to say, uh, you, uh, you, you know, whatever. I'm not even going to look or whatever else. They're going to be like, are you kidding me? And then pull you over again and probably put you in jail for being a jackass. They're not going to just say, oh, no, whatever. You're good. And then whatever, whatever. It's, <laughs> I just, I just, what is it? Uh, what is it? the suspension of disbelief? Like that, that whole thing uh, was just like it pulled me out of watching the show. And I love NXT. Uh, That's why I do this stupid show. So, I mean, I, I was more impressed with just the heel tactics. Mm-hmm. But now that you bring it up, the ref should have seen it and should have stopped it. Yeah, it does. It does bring you out of it. It does jump the shark. Yeah, I think, I think the fact that she's going back heel. I don't mind that at all. In fact, I think you, I mean, at least before uh, Kyrie left, I was looking at the lay of the land thinking like if any of the four big women between EO, Kyrie, Bianca, or Shayna were to go to the main roster, it would probably be Shayna. But Shayna doesn't get to go up to the main roster because reasons. So she's still... (laughs) (laughs) So since Kyrie's the one to leave, it's like, all right, well... You may as well make a space for to build the next big baby face. Now that EO is now taking, you know, filling in the role and now facing Shayna and her goons. So Bianca's number two heel. So she has this, you know, Mia Yim and I'm assuming Candice LeRae is on deck. And, um, you know, I'm assuming she'll eventually get to other people to beat up. So good for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm oh. a big fan of her. So I think. I think being a heel suits her natural character anyway. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the presentation either way, depending on how uh, how far you turn up the level on it, can modulate between, you know, like, um, blue chipper babyface or, like, um, just... You you you're so dope that I have to hate your guts. So it depends on how she modulates it. So yeah, that's I mean because mm-hmm. there's not much of a difference between when she was babyface facing Shayna. Really not. No, not yeah. really. Yeah. So it just it's turned down. It's like I'm trying to like the more humble you, the more humble she is, the more likable she is. And then once she turns it back up, she's like, oh, I hate her. <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of EO and Shayna, we get a performance center skit where. What, uh, I believe it's Jessamine sets up the handheld camera and Shane is going to referee as she's trying to whip Marina and Jessamine into shape so they can finally get a fucking win on TV. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was quite telling, that scene. <laughs> yes, so it's like, look, you goons need to practice so y'all can get a damn W on this show, so I'm tired of like being the champion <laughs> with some goons that like, how am I, how do I have heaters that have no heat? <laughs> like, yeah. So, I need to get and, y'all some heat. Uh, so they go tussling, yep. and I'm sorry. This 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 had to be this had to be a rib. She's e, you see EO running from and this is the performance center. You know, there's seven rings in there, um, so, and you know a ring is twenty by twenty. So imagine you're in an area that's big enough to hold seven rings in close proximity, <laughs> and then 
they had EO run from like 50 yards away and run and and sprint into the ring and you just see it coming you're like this has to be a rip she's running and running and running i look down at my phone i get i go to starbucks i I order a large frap i come back home and she by that point in time she's just now getting to the ring to go beat up Shayna, who is the ref with her back turn and then you know a bunch of other PCers and geeks assemble to break them all up and separate them, and uh-huh. that leads to you know building to a program between EO and Shayna, uh-huh. or, or EO versus the goons to get to Shayna. I... <laughs> the, the biggest takeaway from this segment, and if you include last week's segment um, with Mia Yim and Bianca Belair in the performance center. Robbie Brookside cannot be trusted to train women wrestlers because he's just not doing a good job. No. He can't deal with the temper. Yes. He's just like, I... Like, these women are just beyond me. I I, I don't know what's going on here. And... I know. It's like, I... He's hopeless. Yes. I I know he's probably like, you know, obviously because we know her, uh, her... His daughter is um is a, a wrestler that's been in Mayon Classic, does tours at a, mm-hmm. a Stardom. It's more or less she's like I think she's like nineteen, twenty years old. I know he's like I can't I can't let my daughter come to, to, to deal with this. This is shenanigans. <laughs> like uh-huh. like they're, they're fighting at the workplace. This is ridiculous. <laughs> uh-huh. it, that that should be practice for him to deal with when he's because his daughter's been on NXT UK a few times. Right, so right. if there's ever any crossovers like Worlds Collide or something, yeah. then he's he's got he knows how to deal with a temperamental woman. <laughs> but he needs practice. He needs a lot of practice. Yeah, especially for these writers when they when they write these these things these things. Okay, so <laughs> um, <laughs> so then we get Raúl Mendoza versus Riddick Moss with. I don't remember what his old gimmick was, but I, the, this has to be a new gimmick because I would have remembered seeing this. And I was mm-hmm. just at a, uh, I was just at a NXT house show, and he was not doing the the Riddick regime. I'm sorry, the, the Riddick regimen. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh-huh. he comes out. He's dressed like a personal trainer. He comes up with with his own bottle, and I guess now he's like he's the personal trainer version of. Montez Ford, where he's like, he has a special, he has special something in the cup or in the bottle, but they will not disclose <laughs> the secret ingredients. Like, well, Montez Ford is supposed to be a stand-in for it's lean, it's promethazine, it's activist, it is, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I, you tell me what it's supposed to be. You tell me what it's supposed to be in uh, Rick Moss's uh, bottle, Clive, because I have no idea. I think it's probably, I, I, God knows. Charisma juice, perhaps. Sorry. Uh, charisma juice, maybe. I, I, I guess. That's a, I guess different countries. That's not, I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, like charisma. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Look. Um. I think he needs to order a lot more of it. So. He... Yeah. See, that was like if you haven't seen NXT this week, then Riddick Moss was basically a cross of Tony Nese and DDP Yoga. Was... Oh my god. All the it came out with products. He came out with some sort of muscle relaxer that looked like a hairdryer. Yes, and was using it during the match. It's like, oh, I'm waiting for the the graphic to scroll across the screen at the bottom, saying by the Riddick Regiment. 
for forty nine ninety nine, and then sixty nine ninety nine for the next month. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. When is he gonna start doing like uh, calisthenic uh, videos? Like, like he's selling Tybo or some shit like that, or like he's selling like aerobic uh, videos. When is he gonna start doing that? That needs to be the. That needs to be like part. That needs to be like the next week where he's like, yeah, I'm selling these tapes. Like the Scott, Ste- Scott Steiner workout videos. <laughs> I, I did not know there were Scott Steiner workout videos. Yeah, he, he has um, attractive women draped across, across his lap as he does sort of calisthenics. <laughs> oh, um, are you sure those calisthenics are porn? Um, yes, I don't. They're. Lo- I. I don't know. You tell me. All all I saw was gifts. I didn't see the rest of it, so you never know. Sure you didn't. Anyway, we'll start. <laughs> anyway, uh, Raul Mendoza versus Riddick Moss. Uh, Moss ends up pushing uh, Mendoza to the corner, and the referee uh, starts a five count. Moss told her something about uh, his own count being part of the regimen. He starts flexing his muscles. Uh, the ref was on the press. It was uh, it was a, it was a, the the woman referee. I can't remember her name. I think it's like Jessica Jessica something. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Mendoza fired back with a series of lucha moves, but Moss caught him in and uh, attempted springboard, and then Moss proceeded to give Mendoza a fall-away slam. Moss followed with a gorilla press that turned into a uh, power slam for two. Moss uh, took a break to drink some water. Sure. (laughs) Sure. So uh, he said part of his regimen to stay hydrated. He then mockingly offered Mendoza some water. Mendoza slapped the ball away. PEDs fell to the floor. Um, so then Mendoza then landed into a comeback that concluded when uh, when he uh, uh, springboard torpedoed uh, splashed uh, Moss for the pinfall. So um, good for Mendoza because I was watching that match the whole time and I was like, "Yep, he's about to lose one of these body guys. He's about to lose to a body guy. He's about to wait. What? He's doing a whole uh-huh. lot and like he's bumping his ass off and basically like." It's almost like Ric Flair with a broom. It was one of those things with, with uh, Mendoza. And then all of a sudden he got the win. I was like, huh, how about that? Pleasant surprise. Yeah. That was nice to see. I knew the result beforehand. Okay. Uh, I think Jeremy um, Jeremy had said it on the group chat thing. But it was still good to see because Riddick Moss just walks up. I didn't. I thought it was Tino Sabatella that was out injured. I didn't realise Riddick Moss was out as well. Uh, I thought, why is he back? But... Good for Raul Mendoza. I was a bit not concerned, but disappointed that the tag team he had with Humberto Carrillo had been broken up for Carrillo was, to go to two hundred five. Yeah, it was great. They could have they, that had legs that tag team. Yes, I'm sure of it. It was great. Um, like, so good for him. I want to say um, maybe like two months ago or so they they had a match on NXT and they were great in it. And that's when I kind of when I found of first got introduced to Carrillo. So actually, it was probably more than January. Probably like you know early January, like around New Year's or whatever. But yeah, uh-huh. it, I'm, I'm glad that they're giving him something. I saw him, you know, in a uh, Evolve title match just a couple weeks ago, you know, Evolve and to, you know, gets NXT talent. So like, mm-hmm. he had a great showing. Like that dude can wrestle his ass off. So I'm glad he, they're giving him something here. He's really good. Yes. So then after that, we end up getting a, a a recap of Kushida's debut, and then they're announcing that he's going to be in action next week. 
So then we get the main event, and this thing started at like 8.30. So I was like, wow, they're going to get some time here. uh Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle. Dude, I mean, this match had so much stuff in it. I can't even go over it. Like, I'm just going to start off from just stories. Like, the beginning of it is Riddle is just making a mockery at Adam Cole by the fact that he can out-wrestle him whenever he wants to. Um, Cole eventually gets an advantage. Um... I forgot how he did it, but he has an advantage. Um, I'm probably using his smarts or whatever. And then they're just going back and forth, trading big spots after big spot. Um, and it's, sim- it's really simple stuff. It's Rilla's throwing him around the suplexes. Um, Adam Cole is are, is using his feet with, you know, pump kicks, super kicks. Um, Ugi Garoshi's, or, or Yugi Garoshi, or however you pronounce that, the hell that th- thing is, because um, they, um, he ends up hurting... Um, Riddle ends up hurting his neck, so he ends up, iso- you know, landing strikes on the back of his head, of Riddle's head and neck. Um, we reach a point to where um, Cole is kind of in trouble, or Cole is in trouble. He's about to get beaten. So Roddy runs down. Um, Roddy tries to cause a distraction. He actually helps out Cole. Cole ends up hitting the, I forgot what he ends up hitting, but he ends up getting to a point to where he has a, he has Rit- Riddle, Riddle. He has Riddle. I'm gonna say Riddick, but he has oh, Riddle in a, in a pin combination, and Riddle almost like he suckered Cole into taking advantage. So he gets a one, a two, and he counters into the bro mission and gets the, the tap out victory. This match is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. There was one bit. There was one bit in it where uh, Riddle was going for the go to sleep. Yeah, and he had them up. Or was it the go to sleep? Yes, it was go to sleep. He turned a go to sleep into a backstabber. Oh, that was amazing. Yes, yes. Uh, I've I've got a I do have a love hate relationship with Riddle because the the sort of Bill and Ted with abs thing. <laughs> just, it's just I I don't like it. It's just grating, and it's like it sounds. It's as if he's a bit dense, but see when he gets in that ring, he's far from dense because he's. He's a monster in the ring. He really yeah. is. I really like his working punches, but kind of like a a thrusted chest chop. Yes, if that makes sense. Yes, uh, like um, palm strikes. It's called palm strikes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, palm strikes. I've not seen that as someone's official working punch. Yeah, uh, and he's just he's a joy to watch in the ring. He really is. I th- thought that Velveteen Dream match was excellent. The the Drew Gulak one as well. Yeah, a few a few weeks ago in NXT. Yeah. So, and again, I say this on my show all the time. A lot of the best matches on NXT, Adam Cole is a common denominator in all of them. So it might not be super flashy, but it's as if he's just got this magic formula that makes his matches really good. Yeah, yeah. Like, he... Especially because of the way they, they treat him with win-losses or whatever, he's not he's he's not a top... Or he is... If there is a, a mid-card in, in NXT amongst the top six acts on the men's mm-hmm. single side like he is definitely in that five six role but like everybody has to give their a plus game to beat cole it like you're not just gonna beat cole in like 10 minutes it's gonna be a damn it's gonna be a war to beat him um and then anybody else he's gonna beat below i mean obviously there's clearly weird exceptions like when he was doing the thing with uh oh my god ec3 um at the end of last year but outside of that he 
he's he's there to he, he's a star. And that's another thing is like uh-huh. I feel like they I almost feel like they think that because he's so over they can beat him like this because it's funny because him and um, Roddy were arguing in the show um, about how both of them more or less felt like they've cost each other big gigantic matches in the last three four weeks and then it ends when you know Fish and Roddy walk off and then O'Reilly and Cole walk off and they go up the ramp and you could hear Cole saying like man like. I, I had a plan and it, you know, like he screwed up my plan and uh-huh. you know, I, I just, I just been, lo- I keep losing big matches and it's like, well, it's not that you keep losing big matches that you never won a big match. Every match you've ever won, every match you've ever had and, and on takeover in a singles capacity, you've lost. You've only ever won when it's been a tag match or a multi-person mm-hmm. match. And it's like, I like the fact that like they're both at their wits end because evolution or evolution unspeed is not doing as hot as they should be, and like the pressure's mounting and like the tension is just raising and like eventually it's gonna be is they're building to a breaking point and uh-huh. all because of wins and losses mattering. How how novel and simple is that? Like, it's, it's it's quite basic, but in a good way. Yes. It's not, you know, it's not over a fucking shampoo commercial or, or <laughs> you know, like, or all the other stupid ass things that they have people fight over on the main roster. So it's like, I, I just love this show. And I don't know where you would put this match as far as, um, as far as a rating, for, as far as a star rating or whatever, but I, I thought it was well over four. I'll probably, I, I never really thought about it or, or thought of on those terms, but like, there was a whole lot of awesome in this match. Uh huh. It was. It wasn't at a frantic pace the whole time, which I think helps it feel a bit more natural. And, yeah. Um, probably taking if you take takeovers out of the equation, it might be one of the better TV NXT TV matches of the year. Definitely. Yeah. 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 yeah so I've, that's in the show. Um. Oh. Also of note. Uh. It was funny hearing how on the voiceovers that Morrow was saying that um, the upcoming people are jockeying position to try to get matches or settle scores at the upcoming at, at takeover this upcoming. And they didn't mention like the name for takeover because like it's been announced that it's going to be in, I believe is Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, mm-hmm. And they're calling it NXT 25. <laughs> As opposed to, know. Like, you know, NXT Bridgeport or NXT Connecticut. They were like, no, nah, that's too small. We have to just, just have to give it a name, something else. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I thought it was funny. If it's called NXT Connecticut, isn't that where WWE headquarters are? Yes, but um, that area of Connecticut is so close to New York that they like to pretend that they're in New York. Aye, yeah. aye. That's why it's always called New York. Yep, yep. <laughs> Even when they're in Jersey and New York, because they want to be so established with the tri-state area, or really New York. But yeah, thanks for coming <laughs> on the show, man. Right, I was just going to say thank you for having me on. It's good to finally come on. I had a busy April with some family holidays and a couple of we do the quiz time invitational thing on our show, so it's good to finally get on and chat about some good old NXT and some less than average older <laughs> NXT. <laughs> yeah. What is uh what's what is the term? Uh bollocks? Bollocks? Bollocks, yep. Yes. Shite, basically. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Just trash. So yeah. Um so yeah, thanks for coming on. Like I 
I want to get everybody from the show on and everybody that's ever been on the network on the show eventually. But but yeah, so mm-hmm. go ahead and get your plugs in. So you can find me and my co-host Ricky on the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on the this network. We usually drop on a Wednesday night this week and this month actually. Ricky is basically doing the job for Ramadan, so he might not be available as often as he would like. And so I did a solo solo show last night talking about the current heel model in WWE and the pros and cons of if it's working. So check that out if you want. We are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. And I also do the two oh five live reviews on socialsuplex.com. That's me. Okay, so thanks again, man. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, guys, that's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're listening to. Tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at Powerslam.tv, the sponsor for this show. If you're a fan of Independent Pro Wrestling, they have over 4,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code Social Suplex to get your free month's trial. And don't forget to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. You can pick up a Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show t-shirt. How about that? (laughs) Well, thank you, James. Thank you very much. Yeah, so also be sure to check out the other shows on the Social Suplex Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays or Mondays, depending on me and Rich uh, beefing about it, uh, we get Keeping a Strong Style with Jeremy and Josh. On Wednesdays, again, again, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> on every other Wednesday, we get Grown Men Watch This Shit with Chris and Jeremy. On Thursdays, we get this show, NXT, then, now, forever, depending on if I can get the show out in time, because sometimes it'll be Friday. And then on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite with Floyd. Thanks for listening. Later. Later.